what is happening, my hippopotamus hugging, homesteading, homeschooling, happy, happy people out there. How are you guys doing today? It's Tuesday. Welcome back to another show. Today's episode number 45, which means you can find the show notes at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 045. So in the past, uh, most of my guests have been involved in the the homeschooling world one way or another, or uh, involved in the homesteading world in one way or another. Uh, my guest today is kind of involved in the, the homesteading realm of things, but a bit on an extended limb, if you will. Um, and I say that because he, he works with cows or worked with cows and, uh, you know, he was doing the, um, the, the dairy thing for, for a number of years here and, uh, ended up recently just kind of getting out of it. And, uh, we talked about how he got into it, why he got into it and, um, how it was getting out of it and some of the things in his life that, uh, are going to change and what he's hoping to find. And some of those, those greener pastures where you're not milking cows three times a day, but, uh, we'll, we'll get into it all. So, um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Stick around after the show and I'll, uh, maybe have some, some announcements or something to, to say to you. But for now, let's go plant those Liberty seeds with my guest, Mr. Andrew Kern. So my, my guest today is Andrew Kern. He is out in Minnesota. Um, he is the creator. He runs the, the page over at the, the Principal Libertarian. Um, and I had him on today to, uh, to talk about cows and, and farming a little bit. And uh, he's got some, some background in that. So uh, Andrew, thanks for taking the time out and, uh, and uh, agreeing to talk. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So, uh, you got, you got into cows. Was that something you had growing up? Were you in, uh, in the, the sort of dairy industry or how did, how did that come about? Yeah. My dad had always, uh, had a dairy farm. I think my, or just about my entire childhood. So yeah, I grew up on it completely. Yeah. Did your grand, was your grandparents involved? Were your grandparents involved or was it something your dad took on? Well, yeah, my dad's dad did have uh, some dairy cows too, but I don't think they were, they didn't really work together at all, but yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, it was something that he was, uh, at least familiar with, um, from, you know, a heritage start type standpoint. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right. So when you were growing up as a kid, I guess you, you probably helped him out a little bit or, or how did that work? Oh yeah. I mean, I did, I did some things, um, they certainly had some chores they did and helped out with things. And I'd say the majority of the time though, we were out playing outside, <laughs> but, but um, you know, helped with some things. Yeah. Was, was that something you wanted to do as a kid where you're like, you know, can't wait to, to grow up and be a dairy farmer or was it something you kind of fell into later in life? How did that happen? 
No, not at all, really. Actually, that was more my sister. <laughs> she was she was all about that dairy farming life when she was younger. But I don't she she definitely went a different way. And then I kinda yeah, it was never a big interest of mine. I never thought I would do that. But then uh let's see, as I was kind of looking for other jobs to do, you know, milking cows and kind of farming was a skill set I had. So, and it kind of like, kind of grew into the idea and decided that I wanted to give it a try. Nice. All right. All right. So what were you, how, I guess, how old were you when you kind of got into it on your own? It was, I think it was, I was 22 actually. Okay. So, and I, well, I started a partnership with my dad. So he had a, he, he milked around 50 cows and we got a place, well, just a few miles from his farm, actually bought a place and yeah, we started an LLC and brought in more cows and I had owned some cows at that time and I had some equipment and so I kind of bought into the partnership. I had a, and then, yeah, so that was in 2014, fall 2014. And then all the summer, all that summer before that fall, we were working on the farm, you know, trying to get it ready for cows. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to, you go to college? A little bit. I did. I did a couple semesters at South Dakota and then a semester in Wisconsin, River Falls. Did, was that, um, that have anything to do with, with farming or, or? I don't know what you want to call it, uh, animal husbandry or, or something. Yeah. At River Falls. I, I, well, I think I was, did declare major in dairy science. Okay. And I just, so there was just a couple classes I took related, but I eventually, yeah, I just eventually decided I was just wasting too much money there. And, uh, <laughs> but I ended yeah. up staying in Wisconsin for a while and yeah, worked on a couple of farms there. Okay. So you, all right. How many, when you guys got going, how many cows were you working? Uh, well, we started with only about 50 and I had owned, I had owned a, my gosh, I think at least a dozen of those I owned. And so we just started, yeah, started with the 50 and then we think, yeah, we, okay. So we bought some, we bought about a dozen or so the first year from like a neighbor and maybe bought a few others. And then the rest, we kind of grew ourselves from young stock. We kind of grew the herd and we were up to, uh, I think we, we were over a hundred at some point. And yeah, that's the facility was designed to hold. That's about the max. So since then we fluctuated between like 75 and hundred. Okay. And how much, how much milk does that produce in a day? Or in a week, or however you however you dairy folk measure it. <laughs> well, the most the most readily available number I have is the pounds per cow per day. Okay. So yeah, we would our top is about 105 pounds per cow per day. So we'd that's that's quite a bit. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We could <laughs> av- we we could average about 90 or more. Yeah. Okay. That's and that's like eight pounds to a gallon, right? So. Yeah. Right yeah. There. Okay. That's impressive. That's a, that's a lot of milk. Um, so who are you, who are you selling to? Was it like a, like a co-op type thing where they, you know, consolidate milk from a bunch of different farmers? Were you working directly with a, a 
distributor? How did, what was that like? I think in the past five years, we've sold to, I think, three different uh, places. Um, when we moved here, I think we were selling to DFA, Dairy Farmers of America. And that's a that's a co-op, but it's a huge one. I think it's the biggest biggest milk buyer in the country. And so, but they, we decided they weren't paying very well. And so we tried, let's see, we tried a couple others. One we tried was, I'm not sure the second one. We tried another one and then they ended up, we just thought after a little while, they started paying less, less than we thought we should have too. So we eventually went to this one called Foremost Farms. And um, yeah, they were, then, then they were bought out by Le Sewer Cheese. So how, how does that work when they, because I know the milk prices is, is a little funny. It's not totally set by the, the free market, right? It's, I don't know. Do you know how that works at all? Like there's a, when you were, when you were selling it to the whoever, were they the ones that like, did they really set the price or how did that kind of, um, there's a minimum price they have to pay. Um, and then, and then they definitely, they have a lot of leeway. All right. All right. I was, I knew there was some, some stuff with that, but I wasn't sure. Okay. So they have a a minimum. All right. I think it's set, set by region of the country. Okay. All right. So, um, was it something that you enjoyed? It was for a while. Certainly. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, some people say, well, you just get sick of it if it's so much work, but that that wasn't really an issue for me, especially the first like couple years and the year before that. I, did, I didn't care at all about how much work it was. I was just kind of, I was really passionate about it, especially having my, my own business. It was really cool. And I, over time, I kind of, I don't know, lost interest in the farming aspect of it, developed some other passions. And that, and then when that happened, the, the the work became a lot of work, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what caused you think to to lose some of that passion for the the dairy thing? Was it just a I don't know finding new things, or was it just not you know stimulating or something? Or what what do you think? I don't know. I, mean, I think maybe I was just still uh, growing up. I <laughs> kind of found I kind of found. Uh, political science in that time and started to write a little bit. So that's one, that's one thing I kind of, my, some of my passion transferred to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. Now are you, so do you still have cows then or? We still have uh, all the young stock. I think there's about 80 head. So everything that hasn't uh, calved yet. So they're under two years. Okay. Are, and now are you, so are you keeping them? Are you still in the the dairy business? Are you working your way out or? Oh, definitely working our way out. The tentative plan right now is to kind of sell them as they get calving age. So milking mm-hmm. age as, so as they grow up and, but we are, we're looking to sell this farm right now. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that's kind of, it's not quite like selling a house. There's a whole bunch more with it. <laughs> right. Well, we're just trying to get, we're trying to make sure we can get enough money out of the place to, to make sure the debts are paid 
And so then we're kind of in a place if we if we can't get that much, then we're probably going to keep it a little while longer, maybe raise some heifers or try to do other something else to make some money to make the payments for a little while. Yeah, yeah. So that's my uh my sister-in-law, yeah, my sister-in-law grew up on a a dairy farm and uh she didn't get involved with it, but her her brother did and uh they got out of the dairy end of things not too long ago within the last decade and um they've moved over to to beef um you know they they raise it for beef and i guess they can get a little bit more money that way um but yeah that's actually what my our neighbor's doing they're trying to do trying to sell his cows about the same time we were i don't think he has them sold yet though but he's gonna go completely over to beef so yeah have you now i imagine it's it's not an organic setup it's um no rather- not organic okay have you ever do you ever think about that uh yeah well, we talked about it briefly um we don't we don't really run hardly any land ourselves and so that would be an issue because you know we obviously need need to control you know all the feed inputs have to be raised organically and so if you're not growing it yourself then then you have to find other people who are growing organic feed, which is kind of rare, you know. And then, obviously, if you're organic, you need to be have a certain amount of pasture time. Cows need to be on pasture for like a, I think, a minimum number of days per year. So we wouldn't have been able to meet that either. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And uh, so when when you were in the midst of it, um, what was your day like? I mean, what time were you getting up, getting out there, and getting at it well now you hear it from like especially dairy farmers that get up so early but uh <laughs> we didn't we we uh we are our own boss so we we, we usually will think the last couple of years we were milking at eight o'clock in the morning and that was so you know i get up a little before eight and then it'd take a couple hours to milk usually what we do is i wouldn't milk and then my dad would clean off the stalls and scrape the alleys. And then uh, he would go mix feed for the older cows and I would feed like the, the baby calves milk. So that was all together. That'd be about three and a half hours in the morning. And just like, that's like the minimum chores, you know, if there's anything mm-hmm. else to do. And then we were actually doing um, three times a day milking. So then the second milking would be, eight hours later at like four o'clock and um, so I mean basically the same thing. So we, we only fed cows once a day. So afternoon was a little shorter. You just milked and then like fed the calves. So that was two, two and a half hours. And then, uh, and then we were doing, like I said, the third shift. So that usually started at midnight or a little earlier and we just did, we did it so like one person could do those chores and that would be just be like two and a half hours. And so we, most of the time we had, we tried to have a guy hired who could just do that, that shift. And, but we let's see the last guy was just doing th- uh, three nights a week. So then me and my dad would each do two nights a week. So that, that was really the toughest, <laughs> toughest thing was, getting up the next morning after that milking 
Yeah, I can imagine. That sounds... So you go to bed at like three in the morning and, and up and at it again by eight? Yeah. A lot that. of times I would try and take... Try and go to bed before at like um, 9 p.m., you know, get a couple hours and then go milk. <laughs> but I tended to oversleep when I did that and wake <laughs> up at like 2 in the a.m. <laughs> uh, you know. Um, that's interesting. Is, is that common? Is that is that common practice in, in the dairy world, or is that something that you guys, I don't know, implemented well, on your own? Um, two times a day is the is the norm norm, but there's definitely farms that are doing three. It's I don't know, it's probably at least ten percent of farms. It, you get yeah, especially if you like you're you already are getting more milk per cow, then it really helps because you it's it's basically a percentage increase is what you're gonna of milk per day and so if you're kind of like a low cost low production herd doesn't make a lot of sense but if you're getting like expensive hay you know high quality feeds and you have really comfortable facilities and and stuff then it can make sense and so yeah i think they usually say you get about 15 percent more milk just because um, just empty the udders out and the cows are less stressed and so they'll they'll just they'll milk a little more yeah yeah i think i mean that's that's how i think that they all are i mean you dry you know as long as you're milking them they fill back up and they kind of will meet that meet that basically standard um basically yeah yeah so you just have to weigh those extra that extra milk against the added costs like a little more electricity for running the milking facility and then Labor is usually the biggest added cost, but we are kind of supplying the majority of it ourselves. So we weren't, you know, we were just trying to make a little extra money. We're just working harder, basically. <laughs> how many, how many um, people did you have hired? Oh, it was usually just the one at a time. And he was definitely very part-time. You know? All right. So it's just you and your, your dad more or less doing uh, the work. All right. Did you guys have other other family involved with it, or was it just kind of the two of you? Well, my wife and my mom would help sometimes. Actually, my wife did a quite a few milkings. She would help out, especially like some days after I did the the late milking. She would get up and then do the morning milking with my dad or part of it. Nice. nice. So she was always willing to help, so that was nice. Yeah. Did she uh, Did she know what she was getting into when when you two got married. She knows she was going to be out there milking cows in the morning. Um, I think pretty pretty much. Well, I don't know if she knew that exactly, but but she, yeah. I, I mean, I did some milkings with her at uh, my dad's place when we were dating. She spent some time on the farm. Yeah, you know? good deal. It's interesting sometimes, you know. You see like people that come from one side of the world in the sense of you know, sort of agriculture and meet people at college that have no no idea of that that sort of world and it's always kind of interesting to see how they they combine but yeah, sounds like she, she yeah she didn't she didn't have any idea no but she she took to it really well good good deal so um you're getting rid of your cows i guess how many how long has that been going on for oh well they're they are gone the milk cows that was that was almost a month ago it actually happened really quick we we've been you know, we were kind of discussing that we we're looking to get rid of them, seeing what kind of price we could get. You know, we had looked looked at some auction barns and what we thought the price would be, which 
price is going to be really disappointing. I mean, five or 10 years ago, it could have been double the price, but, but, uh, so we were just, we were kind of holding out and trying to find a better price. And then, uh, funny story. My mom was at Subway and she heard someone over talking saying he was here looking at buying cows. And so she interrupted them and, <laughs> and, and said, Hey, we're selling some cows. And it turned out they were visiting um, our neighbor that I had mentioned before looking at his cows. So then they came right out to our place and looked at the cows and, and then, uh, yeah, we, I think we called them back a few days later and agreed on a price and they were gone within a week. That's crazy. That's crazy. How is that when you, I mean, you spent so much time with these animals, I mean, you know, and over the course of what, five years, I think you said, uh, how, how is that getting rid of them? Was that one of those, you know, sort of little, little bittersweet, you finally kind of get out of it like you wanted, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't really miss it. Uh, I, was <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for him to be gone. I was, right. yeah. I think the day after they left, I I went to bed at like uh, four o'clock and then slept all day into the morning. So I was ready for a little relaxation. It was. It's nice because like when you're doing that, you never have. You know, you take like the night off for sleep. You know, you take like twelve hours. So you can never do like a a weekend or an extended day without like kind of have to come back from milking, you know? Well, I mean, we did, we did once in a while, like my dad and my mom would cover the chores while me and my wife went away for a weekend or, and the, and then the opposite, opposite, but I don't know. It was just, it was always just that the responsibility was always there, you know? Yeah. I, I, um, I have nothing like that. You know, we have three goats that are not even milk goats, but you know, you, walk away trying to find time to to take a vacation or to to get away from things asking somebody else to do those things for you even if you pay them there's always that little bit in the back of your head that uh yeah i, I don't know if they're gonna do it right you know oh um, yeah yeah <laughs> my dad really suffered with that yeah he, <laughs> he, he liked things a certain way but and especially so especially with dairy cows it's like that because like with most other animals if you can just feed them, that's pretty straightforward, you know, but like the, there's a lot more intensive and need a lot more, like more, more knowledge is needed, you know, take care the, to do all the milking and everything. Did you guys ever, were you able to, to get away or was it always you had, at least one of you guys was, was there working? Well, either me or my dad had to be here. Yeah. Um, but actually the year after we moved here, maybe two years, my mom and my dad, went to Hawaii for maybe 10 days. Oh, wow. But we had kind of, my dad hadn't been on a vacation like that, like ever <laughs> having milk cows his entire life. But yeah, so we planned that out for a while. So I had some help here. My wife helped a bunch and then we had someone else here that was helping me. So that was all right. And, and I think we, me and my wife did a, we did a weekend or two. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're, Dad, is he is he out as well? Is he done with cows as well at this point? Yeah, yeah, he's not going to be doing any more milking. Like, yeah, but like I said, we're we we just got the young stock. All right, yeah, I wasn't sure because I know it sounded like you you. I wasn't sure if you guys merged um, 
herds or if you both went in like together or whatever. So what is he, what is he doing now? Um, is he just kind of managing the, the young stock? Is he, does he have to find work somewhere else? Is that? Um, well, we're doing some things right now. We're kind of, kind of fixing up the farm, cleaning things up because we're trying to sell it, you know, so kind of staying busy and getting caught up with the young stock chores. But um, I don't think he's in any rush to find other work, but he is, he does have a, he has a big uh, pig barn at his, at his place, which I think he's, he's got to do some work on it and then he'll fill that with pigs. And he's got a offer to, for like a part-time job at the, at a local store. That's good. Good deal. Good deal. What are you, what are you planning on doing as you go forward? Long, long term, I'm not really sure, but <laughs> I do have. I'm working part time in town. It's a dairy supply company, actually, and actually, I have been working there all past five years, but not very much. It's been like five hours a week, but I'm getting like twenty hours a week now, and that's just really good people there. That's a pretty good job. And yeah, but yeah, not really sure long term. I'd like to, I'm trying to make a little money uh, writing, something I really mm-hmm. like to do. If I could find more ways to do that in the future, that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Um, is there any part of it that you you miss? Like, do you, I, I mean, I guess you're still sort of, you're still out there working. Um, so how, how, what do you have to do with the the young calves then? The like, you feed them twice a day, once a day, and they're not milking them. So I guess you have some time there. Yeah, still got like uh, ten calves on milk yet. So I feed them twice a day. Um, well, we use, don't, can't, don't use real milk anymore. We use, we use milk replacer and mix it up and feed them, and then. Um, you know, feed grain, hay to some of the older stuff. And then there's, there's, I think there's about 25 head at my dad's place that he feeds. And so then we got, well, the bed, the pens, you know, once or twice a week. All right. So, and then, um, if you do sell the farm, are you guys hoping to stay in the the area you think, or are you going to try to get out and find someplace new or? Uh, not <laughs> sure. Actually, uh, me and my wife have uh, we have some dreams of we have some thoughts, I guess, of uh, seeing some other places. It'll we'll probably be here around around here, but uh, uh, possibility of going to some other places. Nice. It, it's always it's one of those things. I feel like once it's kind of like in your in your blood, like it's 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 you know it's who you are and it's always going to be there a little bit, you know? Um, so it's tough to kind of put those things aside. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the people that I talk to that are involved some way in, in agriculture or, um, any sort of aspect like that, you know, it's something they had a little bit as a kid and it, it flourished or, you know, they, they put it down and they, they came back to it. So, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I could stand to, I think separate entirely from agri- <laughs> agriculture. I mean, it's just been been for a while just trying to like free up some things. It's been really really nice kind of just getting a little more freedom being able to to go move somewhere else if we wanted. Mhm. It was that was that 
probably one of the the more difficult things and about it all was just the the lack of time or the lack of um you know freedom of movement kind of thing or what yeah you're you're really restricted you have to yeah you definitely feel tied down you know you have to you have to be around all the time any any uh any suggestions for anyone trying to trying to get into it or start small or i don't know any any thoughts <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how feasible it is to to start a dairy yourself unless you you have family that's already in it or something. Um, there's just so much so much capital investment needed. Like, mm-hmm. and we didn't even like we didn't even have the land, which is not ordinary. We only we only had like the the homestead, like the 16 acres, so we weren't growing our own crops. So that's kind of out of the ordinary. But you know, most of the time you're gonna have to buy couple hundred acres at least mm-hmm. so it's it's tough <laughs> and yeah. uh, i mean you need to be i think i think a lot of small farmers kind of make up for some of those things by just working their butts off you know by just putting in 80 hour weeks regularly and uh that's tough to do so you, you got to really be passionate about it yeah it's uh it's kind of crazy when you when you think about that you know when you look and you see something you you just can't get into because it's the, the the costs are just so high, you know. Um, yeah, and I'm sure that you know. So when you, on your place, then did you have to be? How does that work with certifications? Um, so your your milking is that something you have to worry about a whole lot, or is that the the folks that you're selling to? Do they they need to be more aware of of I don't know. Under there are standards. Uh, yeah, we have a state inspector. Um, he comes every five months or so. So yeah, he looks at, well, he's just looking like at the milking facility, basically the milking parlor and the milk room bulk tank and stuff. And so everything needs to be like spotless for him and (laughs) all the code followed, you know, that's, uh, that's the, that's the biggest thing. And then our, our last co-op also had, uh, had this program where they would come out and look at, look at the animals. I think that's mostly what they're doing. Just looking at that. The animals were healthy and clean and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's, um, that's now are they, they required to do that or was that just something they wanted to do? I think that was, I don't think they're required to do that. No. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nice that, that you know, people can, can do that. I was talking to someone that, uh, She's a, a butcher and, you know, before she will take animals from someone, she, she goes and sees, you know, she goes and looks at the farm. She goes and sees what they're, what they're doing and, and how they're being treated and what they're being actually being fed and all that stuff. It's a, uh, you know, we can have that sort of connection. I think it, uh. Oh yeah. That option is always there. Yeah. 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 It's nice. Now, do you guys do, I, I imagine being tied up with, um as much as you were with the the cows, you didn't get a chance to do much like gardening type farming or did you? No, I was never really interested in gardening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we had a couple apple trees. That's it. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. All right. All right, man. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. Any, any, anything else you want to share about the cows or. Yeah, I was just going to say the, as far as like, you know, people trying to start up a dairy. It's yeah. I just think the overall industry is 
it's definitely going more and more towards really large farms. Um, so I think small farms are going to be even, even less viable. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think especially in the future, basically the only way you're going to be able to make it as a smaller farm, you know, hundred cows or less is maybe if you're just focused on like that, well, maybe something like organic, but then just mm-hmm. kind of focused on like going like directly to the consumer, you know, maybe people coming out and seeing the farm, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. We lived in, um, we lived in Vermont for, I don't know, four, four or five years. And, uh, there was a little, a small farm. I, they had, um, the brown cows that, uh, the fuzzy, the high fat kind of, jer- uh, jerseys jerseys yeah. probably yeah 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 they had jerseys there and um you know you could you could go visit them you could you know walk through the pasture a little bit they had some pathways in there and they were selling raw milk you know and you drop off your your mason jars you know your half gallon gallon mason jars and they'd fill them up for you and uh i mean i think they did fairly well with that you know um they they weren't they weren't organic um, it was too, too expensive, you know, price them out of it. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, it is, it, there's, it's, um, I think smaller farmers, you have to just be inventive, you know, um, yeah. figure, figure things out, you know, what, what can work. And, uh, yeah, I, I do. I think the way things are going, right. I mean, people are curious about where their food is coming from or, or how it's being treated or, um, you know, Sure. Yeah. There's, there's demand for that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know, but it, like you said, you know, it's, uh, it's time consuming. <laughs> yeah. It's time consuming, you know? Yeah. Especially if you're doing that, then you, you know, you need to be not just knowledgeable about like the, the livestock side, but also the, the processing side. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of more work involved and more, uh, more expertise. Yeah. Did you guys process your, your old cows? Did you sell them for beef or what, what did you do with them? Yeah, we would just, we would typically just take them to you know, kind of local auction barn and yeah, they just go for beef. Yeah. All right. Um, so you got some projects. Uh, Principal Libertarian is the, the website, the Facebook. Um, anyway, tell us what, what that is or what you got coming up in the, in the pipeline there. Yeah, principledlibertarian.com is my website. Um, anything I write goes there, or will end up there at least, and have some other have some other people that occasionally write stuff on there. And then there's the um, the Principled Libertarian on Facebook, which we put out a lot of content. I have kind mm-hmm. of a team of people that contribute for that, so we put out a number of things a day, and we do some. I mean, it's we try to do a lot more than just like memes and stuff. We do some research-based stuff, and I I I basically do like my blogging there. And then I have a a short book that I just recently got done writing. It's going to be planning to release it October first, just through Amazon. Nice. So it's a yeah, it's just like it's like forty some pages. So it's like a booklet. Um, it's called "The Myth of the Social Contract." Okay. So it's just. It's um, kind of taking on like common or layman arguments that you'll hear, hear for why governments have justified authority and, uh, you know, taking a number of those on. 
Uh, I will, I will put that in the, all those links in the show notes. Um, how did you find time to, to do all that? Cause I know you, you write quite a bit. Um, and so I'm curious as to how you found time to do all that writing, um, and do all that you were doing with the cows. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> feel like I wrote that much. I feel like I was underproducing. All right. All right. I don't know. I was kind of, I guess I would write like articles at night yeah. and I certainly wouldn't like write one in a night, you know, mm-hmm. it, was, it would take me a while, but, but the, a good chunk of this booklet is, is some past things I've written. So I combined some of that and then, and then wrote some new stuff too. So that's nice. why it was a little easier to put this together that as opposed to just writing the whole thing. Cool. All right. All right. Well, I, I think that's, that's all. Um, I appreciate you, you coming on and, uh, Good to hear that uh, you know you you wanted to get out of cows and that it wasn't a uh, a forced kind of thing um, and uh, yeah I don't know. appreciate yeah. it yeah thanks for having me on <laughs> not a problem no problem all right take care man. There it was, Mr. Andrew Kern. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. A little different, a little different. But uh, I think there's some some parts in there that uh, we can all listen to and, and take from. And uh, it's interesting, you know, it's interesting um, to kind of get that side of things, you know, to, to hear a little bit of what it's like to actually go from, you know, just a, a little homestead that's kind of producing some goods for your, yourself and for others around you to... Um, focusing on a, a single product like milk. Um, anyway, if you enjoyed that, let me know. If you didn't, uh, you know, that's cool too. Let me know. Anyway, I'm going to ask you again and again and again and again and again and many times again until you do it and some of you had done it and I appreciate it. Go leave a review on iTunes, share the show around, uh, let people know that uh, that it exists, that there is something out here that kind of covers these topics and... Um, I don't know, hopefully presents them in a, in a way that you all find interesting. Uh, if not, let me know what I could do to make it more interesting. Please, uh, if you can, go through my Amazon link, uh, homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash Amazon, and, and you'll just click right through, and I'll get a little kickback that uh, helps offset some of the costs, and uh, you won't even know. It works works like that. And uh, after all the, the griping that I, I saw online about evil Amazon and their Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals and and all the the poor Amazon workers who voluntarily decided to work there. Take a little money from them, from from Amazon, and and, and give it to someone else, I guess, right? And while you're over there at at Amazon, uh, you can find Andrew's book. And I've linked to that in the show notes as well. So homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 045 gets you the uh, link to Andrew's book. I will take you right over to Amazon. You can hustle a little money out of Amazon's pocket right into mine and to Andrew's as well. Anyway, I hope you guys all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I know I did. And uh, 
I hope you all are getting ready to enjoy the Christmas season. And if Christmas isn't your thing, um, I hope you enjoy whatever your thing is. And uh, I will see you back here next Tuesday. But in the meantime, get out there, sow those seeds of liberty, and we can all reap sheaves of freedom together. I'm going to ride us his dream. I'm going to ride us his dream.